Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Thankful that uh, many of us looks like we're looks like we had some pretty rough storms last night. I'm glad many of us looks like we're marked safe from. I believe the from what I saw there was a tornado in Nortonville, which isn't very far from where we live, but it wasn't that bad. Just a, some minor damage. But I'm glad to be alive today and to see all of you that are obviously alive, as a, as much as I can tell. Um, but uh, just. It's just great to be in the house of the Lord. It's great presence of God in this room today, and and obviously that's no mistake because God doesn't make mistakes, and He is ready to do something with Harvest House that He has never done before. And I want to take part in what God wants to do in this church. Does anybody else want to take part in what God wants to do for this church? So today, uh, with this opportunity that I'm thankful for Pastor allowing me to get up here and to speak today and just thankful for everything that God has done for me and for my beautiful family He's blessed me with. And uh, it's just great to be Alive, And I know that's so cliche to say, but it is absolutely true. And it's great to be here in this place, in the church. And uh, that just, you don't know yet, but that goes extremely well with what I plan on talking about today. And uh, I guess if no one's opposed, we'll go ahead and start. We'll go ahead and start with the word of the Lord. If you want to turn to... Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 36. Uh, I got a a few verses of scripture to read. It may be a little longer than usual, but uh, it all will come together, and hopefully it will make sense. Uh, But when you get there, go ahead and stand and give me an amen. Right. And it is on the screen as well. Thank you, Brother Jacob. And it says... And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he shewed them his hands and his feet. And while they, were, while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of and honeycomb and he took it and did eat before them and he said unto them these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me 
Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it is behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So, before I get in and break this down and explain some more of everything I just bombarded us with today, let's pray and continue in the prayer of asking God to give us some understanding of what He wants to speak to us in this place. Jesus, we are so thankful for everything that You've done in this room today. God, I pray that we would not take these moments for granted. Lord, I, I pray today, Jesus, that you would, you would use my mouth, Lord, to speak to these people. God, that it would be Your words, that, that it would be Your thoughts today, Jesus, that would help someone, would help me, would help this church. Lord, go to where You are calling us to go and to begin to do these things that You are unraveling before us. Lord, in Your wonderful name, Jesus, we ask that You would touch every heart and every mind in this place. That You would touch my mind and my heart today, Lord, to deliver this Word as You would have it delivered. Lord, and we pray all in Your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, I know that was kind of a lot that I just read there. But, if you hadn't caught on, it was... Jesus that was talking to the eleven, to his followers. Because right before this, Jesus was crucified. Alright? He was brought before the people and slain on the cross in the crucifixion. And he had died for our sins. And this was everything that he had spoken and told them that he was going to do. And... Really, it just seemed to me like they were just astounded and couldn't even believe what he was telling them until we come to this place where it says that he opened their understanding. And I believe today that's what Pastor was reaching for for us to do today is to let God open our understanding of what he wants to do in our lives and in this church today. Um. Jesus had been crucified. He was talking to His disciples and He had shown Himself to them. And what I'm going to preach today, so I can get my title out there before I move on any further, is something kind of is, is funny, I think. You don't know what you're talking about. I think that fits with praying for understanding. You don't know what you're talking about. How many love to hear that? When somebody looks at you and they tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay? So, you'll kind of understand the context of what I mean when I'm saying that. You'll figure out later what, how I really mean that. But before we get there, I'll just give you a little 
something to hit us with early on. And it was, it is, if success was based off starts, then I would be another statistic lost to a broken family. Okay. So you may have already noticed that this might just be a little more teaching today. So just stay with me. And if you get lost, let me know. Because I really think God wants to speak something to us today. And, and I'm all for it if you're all for it. So we're going to work together. But this is something that I felt in my spirit earlier this week when I began to remember this message. And it, it is, if success was based off starts, then I would be another statistic lost to a broken family. And what do I mean when I say broken family? I'm specifically referring to when my mother and my father divorced when I was four years old. Okay, And I believe that that is something that is all too common nowadays and common in many lives in this church. Your mother and father are not currently together or had divorced when you were younger. That's something that this generation is dealing with more and more than any other generation that has existed before us. And here are those statistics that I would have been lost to if it hadn't been for Jesus. It is children of... Divorced or separated parents are 1.5 to 2 times more likely to live in poverty and engage in risky sexual behavior as they get older. Estimates suggest children from divorced parents have an 8% lower probability of completing high school, a 12% lower probability of college attendance, and an 11% lower probability of college completion. Studies show that the psychological effects and emotional strain of divorce even linger into adulthood. For instance, researchers at the University of Toronto found that men from families that divorced during their childhood were more than three times as likely to consider suicide than men whose parents never divorced. And then lastly, one more statistic is 70% of prison inmates incarcerated on long-term sentences, grew up in a broken home. So, why did I say such a loud statement to begin this message? If success was based off starts, I would be another statistic lost to a broken family. Just for a moment with me today, consider the infinite paths that you have, could, that you have diverted from and the endless possibilities or the endless avenues that have brought you to this moment. Although some of those paths were chose, you chose to avoid them, and maybe some of those paths that you didn't go down would not have led you here to this place today. Some of us could have found ourselves today behind bars, waking from a foam mat on a steel bench. Maybe this morning you would be at your job, absent of the thought of Sunday being the day we come together and worship the Lord in church. Maybe even you had woke up just a few minutes ago with a pounding headache and a pain coming from viewing light and nausea in your stomach from having a little too much to drink just the night before. These imaginary scenarios for us today, I hope, is how no one in this church will ever spend a Sunday morning. I hope that everyone in this church will always find themselves spending Sundays doing the work of the Lord whether that's here or in the streets or in your ministry. You may think that there is no way I could ever end up in these random scenarios that I've described today. But 
The fact of the matter today is, church, that at many points in all of our lives, no matter how old you've gotten, no matter how young you feel, there were times bad decisions were only a simple car door opening and closing away. They were only just one sip away. And a moment of misled passion away. A lapse of judgment away. And many of us that have made pretty good mistakes understand that that is extremely true. That it was very simple decisions that you did not realize would affect your future and have such an impact on who you would become. It's in those moments we let those tiny decisions like getting in a car that we know we shouldn't be getting into, staying up past a time we know we shouldn't stay up past. These little decisions that ended up leading us to this moment that we are in right now. And yes, we're all here today, but there were decisions that you could have made in which you did not end up in the house of the Lord today. And for many of us, I will say that we have something in common unless this is your very first time coming to the house of the Lord today. No matter who you are, we, everyone in this room, I believe, have all had an encounter with Jesus. And even if you're brand new in this place today, today was your encounter with Jesus. Whether you were in the pew just feeling Him pull on your heart, or, or you got up and you come to the altar and Jesus met you here when He heard you cry for Him, or maybe your encounter was in a private deep moment of connection by yourselves, or maybe it was a desperate cry while you were in need. But I'll say today, church, that Jesus is the common denominator for all of us. But not only did He offer Himself up to the most terrible form of punishment, the Romans had to offer for our sins. I believe that without Jesus in my life or Jesus in your life today, maybe you feel a million miles away from Him or maybe you feel today the closest you've ever been. I believe without Him, we could have ended up anywhere in any bad scenario that you could dream up today. I'll tell you that I would have ended up running down similar avenues that my scenarios and these statistics I read placed me in. My life would not be how it is today. But all because back in 2011, now I'm almost, I'm about 99% positive it was 2011, a, a little boy got up after a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost for the first time in his life and stood about over here in this exact spot and exhorted about how the Spirit of God is greater than anything on this earth. If I could look younger me in the eyes today and talk to him, I'd tell him, you don't know what you're talking about. Because that little boy in 2011, if you didn't catch on yet, that was me. And if I could speak to my younger self when he was exhorting about the Holy Ghost, about how great God is, I would tell him that you don't know what you're talking about. And you may be a little confused today, but let me clear something up. I would say you don't know how good it's going to get. I would say you're not yet understanding of how in the good times and in the bad times God is still good. His glory... In a song that I like, it goes, His glory is, in the, is the same in the wilderness as it is on any mountaintop. Yeah. You haven't yet found the depths of God's 
goodness. I had no idea how true what that younger me was saying was. Looking back now that I am older, when, when I stood on this platform and I proclaimed that I've never tried drugs and that God I know is greater than any drug, and I still haven't tried them to this day, but now I know why He's greater than any drug. And that's because when you run out of your stash, when you run out of your high, you're left longing for more and feeling empty. But I know that through life's experiences, I may not have known what I was talking about then, but now I know that you can never run out of God. That when you are forsaken by this world, God will never forsake you. If I could look in my face and just let my younger self know how right he was when he did not even know what he was yet saying. I didn't know the why then, but life has taught me that God is greater. Over time, I have learned and I have lived what He was speaking. And I know that it's true. And we find ourselves today in, in Luke 24. We, we have the tomb discovered empty. And Jesus returning to His followers, then to the eleven. Because there is a encounter before that where he is walking along the path and meets his followers and and he talks to them and he reveals to them who he was and but down in verse 44 Jesus he says and he said unto them these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the psalms concerning me Jesus was what Moses was referring to in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18. Moses stands before the children of Israel and he says, I will raise, he's speaking of what God said to him, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Moses was speaking of the Messiah. He didn't, he didn't know yet that he actually knew the Messiah he was speaking about. It was in this prophecy that at a time that Moses didn't even know yet what he was truly saying. He was just speaking what God had told him to say. But he had, did not yet know the impact of what he was actually proclaiming to these people. He didn't know that this prophet from among the brethren was going to be God in flesh. He didn't know that He would save His people from their sins. That He would abolish entirely slavery to sin. Jeremiah spoke of Jesus in chapter 31, verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Isn't it beautiful that Jesus came with His life laid out a new covenant with us? That He said, I will put my law 
on their inward parts. And it was because of His sacrifice that we aren't just forgiven, but we can have God's Spirit living on the inside of us. Is everybody with me today? I, I know this may not be what I usually get up here and how we normally handle things, but God is wanting to show us today that the Old Testament at all times was leading up to the crucifixion, was leading up to Jesus giving His life, not just to die and so we could be forgiven, but so He could die, ascend to heaven, and send down His Spirit unto us. The psalmist wrote something that Jesus even quoted as He hung and died on the cross for us. The, the psalmist in Psalms 22, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Jesus, when he proclaimed this from the cross in his dying breath, in his dying breaths, Jesus was reminding the people who were blinded that he was the sufferer from the Psalms. That this was for them. It wasn't a cry to be taken off of the cross, but God declaring that all things must come to pass. As He said it to His followers in Luke 24, that all things that Moses spake must be fulfilled. That all things that the prophets spake must be fulfilled. That all things that the Psalms speak of must be fulfilled. And it was Jesus who was the living incarnation of words from decades and hundreds of years ago. It's amazing how God can take something that we may not completely understand, like the law, and He can turn it into Himself becoming a sacrifice for us and taking His blood and making it atone for our sins. The Old Testament is the build-up to the revelation of Jesus Christ, which those who wrote it did not have. That's, that's kind of crazy that, that you would think about that when in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, when Isaiah is, is prophesying, saying, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It's amazing to think that Isaiah did not yet know he was speaking of Jesus. But today, we immediately know what that verse is ascribing because many times in our manger scenes or in our Christmas plays, we use this verse. We can't forget Isaiah's words, who later, who later became the angel Gabriel's words, in which he gave Mary the name above all names, the name of Jesus for her son, who was going to die on the cross for us and save us from our sins. It's the name at which the enemy flees and curses are broken. Let's not take for granted something that is so easy to say. Because it's so easy to speak Jesus. But I'm going to tell you today, and even to myself, you don't know what you're talking about. Because the name of Jesus is so powerful. The name of Jesus, it's, it's power beyond imagination. It's love beyond comprehension. It's more than grace. It's more than mercy. It's so simple to say, but it runs so deep we can't even imagine. 
And I'm so thankful today that God has given me a mouth that I can even begin to utter His name. That I can speak His name over my family. I can speak His name over any situation. I can speak His name over any trouble. There, we just have to get to a position in our life where we speak the name of Jesus over everything. When we say Jesus, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that we are understanding how powerful that His name is. That today, if at any point in this service, that you were to cry out and ask Jesus to help you, that He would be here for you and hear your cry. It's Jesus' name. It's an entire eternity prepared for us out of love and freedom of choice given to us to have the choice to love Him. The prophets didn't have a name, but they gladly gave all they had to God who told them of a time that would come in which bonds would be broken and chains would be loosed. I'll tell you today, church, that we are on track for mass-scale revival and miracles all in Jesus' name. The only thing that's going to carry this church to where God wants it to go is to start proclaiming the unknown. To start proclaiming revival that we haven't even seen or can even fathom because that's what the name of Jesus is. The name of Jesus doesn't just represent 20 or 25 on a Sunday morning or or 5 or 10 on a Thursday night. The name of Jesus is strong enough to cover the entire world's sin. It's strong enough to cleanse your entire life of sin. It's strong enough to atone for repentance so that you could be white as snow in His presence so that you could feel His Spirit I want to look back years from now. I want to look back ten years from now. I want to look back five years from now and say, wow, we didn't know what we were talking about. We didn't know what we were talking about when we were praying for revival. We didn't know what we were talking about when we were praying for an increase in the miraculous in our church because the name of Jesus is greater than we could ever imagine. And what we prayed for turned out greater than we could ever imagine because that is the power in the name of Jesus. And I believe that in order to get to that place where we can look back five or ten years from now, it's going to happen when we, be, when we start speaking the name of Jesus over everything. And, and, you know, the name of Jesus, literally, it can fix our lives all the way from the inside out. When we get Jesus' Spirit on the inside of us, our lives can be changed and things that we thought could never be altered could be altered. And it's because that God allowed us to be able to get to a place where we can know who He is. Where we can come, like we talked about all those bad decisions we could have made, all those doors we could have opened and went down, those paths where we may not have ever even known who Jesus was, but we are here today. And I'm thankful to be here today where I can speak the name of Jesus and know that He is going to come through for me. And even if He doesn't, just being able to speak His name is greater than being lost in my depression. It's greater than being lost in my anxiety. It's greater than, than being lost in this world and being so consumed by everything that it has. Having the name of Jesus preside as number one in my life is everything that we need. It's more than we could even imagine. It is more than we could even imagine. I, I was thinking this week, 
as many times I do, I try my best to have everything that I listen to somehow teach me something. And that extends beyond just listening to sermons and, and apostolic music, uh, listening to uh, stuff that intrigues me, like about neurology and, and war, stuff like that. But, you know, first of all, I will make sure that I am putting something godly into me before I pursue, you know, other things that I enjoy, you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with popping in a 30-minute podcast about biology or neurology, whatever intrigues you, as long as it helps grow you. But uh, something, I, I was just listening to some music, and I just, and they, obviously the song was about Jesus, and it was about speaking the name of Jesus and how powerful that His name is, as most of our songs are. And I just begin to think, about how scared the enemy is of the name of Jesus. I began to think about the last time that I truly stood before everything that was coming against me in my life and proclaimed His name. I, 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 thought, about, I thought about how long it, it had been since I truly began to look what was coming against me in the face and speak the name of Jesus and remind the enemy how little it is compared to how big God is. And I, and I know this may be simple here today, or, or, but it's, it's also not. Because while yet we can stand here and speak Jesus, we don't know what that's doing to everything around us. Now, my little 11-year-old self didn't know what speaking about how great the Holy Ghost was going to do to my destiny, to my future. And there were decisions that I could have made that could have ruined that destiny. It could have ruined that future. But God was the thread through my entire life that helped hold me together. It was this church through my entire life that helped hold me together. It was being able to speak the name of Jesus and remembering that in my darkest times and in my greatest times, God is there for me. So today, as my wife comes, and I will begin to go into close here today, but I don't want us to just, I, I really want us to begin to just think about the name of Jesus. Think about where you would be today without Jesus in your life. Think about where you would be today if you had made some decisions. Just a few small decisions that could have affected where you ended up this morning. But you're in this church today. You're in this place today. And while Moses didn't have the name, and while Joel didn't have the name, and Daniel didn't have the name, and Isaiah didn't yet have the name, we today have the name of Jesus to proclaim over our lives. We don't have to pray to a specific part of who God is. We can pray to the name that we know that describes Him. The name we know that shakes the enemy, that shakes the foundations and chains around us. The name that will truly and utterly change everything about who we are. I hope today that somebody
simple, but yet not simple it is to speak the name of Jesus in our lives. Because while I can stand here and I can proclaim the name of Jesus, I don't know what that's going to, I don't know the good that that's doing for me. I don't know the enemies that that's pushing back. So I'm going to use that power to my advantage. I'm going to use the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about to my advantage. And I'm going to pray for revival. And I'm going to pray for souls. And I'm going to pray for people to come to the house of God. And I'm going to pray in my simple words. I'm going to pray in my simple words. And I'm going to pray for the name of Jesus. Because when that's